Hey everyone, this is David Brandt with the Institute of Industrial and Systems Engineers. Before we get started with today's episode of Problem Solved, I wanted to remind you about registering for the upcoming IISE Annual Conference and Expo 2021, a virtual experience for learning and networking taking place May 22nd through the 25th. Whether it's live or virtual, there's always a reason I look forward to this event. But this year, we've got several reasons, the least of which is that Apple CEO and one of the world's most high-profile engineers, Tim Cook, will be accepting the Captains of Industry Award as part of this year's event. He's also scheduled to participate in a Q&A session during the virtual Captains of Industry Forum on May 24th with Auburn's IISE Student Chapter President, Annie Dorsey. We also have three terrific keynote speakers who will share their vast knowledge from their respective industries, including Walt Emmer from Waffle House, Andres Medeglia from Universidad de los Andes, and Nadine Sarter from the University of Michigan. Learn more about our special guests, pre-conference workshops, and more by visiting iise.org slash annual. This is Problem Solved, the IISE podcast, where we talk to industrial and systems engineers about their work, ideas, and solutions. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Problem Solved, the IISE podcast. I'm David Brandt, digital strategist for the Institute of Industrial and Systems Engineers. And today we're talking about mindset, fixed versus growth, and how you can change yours to the latter. And to discuss this topic, we have returning guest Aaron Connie. Aaron is the executive director of implementation services at Care Logistics, which is located in Atlanta. He received his Bachelor of Science in Industrial and Management Systems Engineering from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln and his Master's Degree in Health Systems Engineering from Georgia Tech. He currently serves as a board member for the Society for Health Systems and has been an active member of SHS since 2008 and IISE since 2001. He is also PMP certified through the Project Management Institute and has been since 2010. Aaron Connie, thanks again for joining us. Ah, Great to be here. Thanks for having me, David. Mindset. What is mindset? What are we specifically talking about when we use that term? Well, there is an entire book written about mindset, which I've heard you've read most of uh, yes, by most. Carol Dweck. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long book, I'm going to say. The end's, re- the end's real good, yeah. But, um, you know, to me, the term mindset encompasses how you think about and react to the situations in the world that you encounter in your day-to-day life. In other words, it's your conscious perspective on why things are happening. You know, there are two opposing sides of mindset, fixed and growth, according to Carol and and that I follow. Uh, However, no one is always a fixed mindset or always a growth mindset. Fixed mindset is one uh, that thinks you either have something or can do something or you can't do something. It's just something you're born with. You know, an example is you're either smart or you're not. Uh, which is a common one I use. But the fixed mindset also tends to avoid and and sometimes even hide failures. Uh, Whereas trying hard for a fixed mindset person is even sometimes seen as failure itself. Like you have to try hard. You're not not smart enough, so you got to try hard. So you shouldn't even do that, right? On the other end, a growth mindset sees skills as something that can be developed. And as, you know, new challenges arise, they're an opportunity to improve rather than be avoided because that you could fail. So the growth mindset is always about continually getting better 
and um, knowing that you're just trying to get yourself better rather than trying to compare yourself to everyone else in the world. Okay, so having said all that, what are the biggest factors involved in developing a growth mindset? And I'll say personally that the whole idea of whether or not I think I'm smart enough and if I don't think I am, I have to work harder. Uh, that's pretty common. Yes, I'll admit. So <laughs> help me, me adjust a little bit by uh, giving me some guidance on what the uh, factors are that are going to determine the future of a growth mindset. Yeah. You know, I feel one of the most important factors is having the ability to recognize what kind of mindset you're in at any given point. Just the fact that you can think, how am I approaching this situation? How am I reacting? Am I assuming that our person's situation will not change, even though it probably could? Like I said, no one is always in either either one of the mindsets. However, the goal would be to recognize when you're reacting in a fixed mindset sort of way and thinking how you could approach it differently if you're coming at it from a growth perspective. At that point, it's about asking yourself the right questions, such as, you know, what are the steps I could take to start to change this situation? Or am I challenging myself enough? Or am I really just trying to avoid this failure, this new challenge is coming at me? So it's not really, you know, no one is always in a growth mindset. I'm not always in a growth mindset, but it's about stopping to think, how am I reacting right now? And is there a way I could be reacting better? Okay. It's clear that our early years in life weigh heavily on how we each develop a particular mindset, kind of what you just Mm -hmm. described. During a presentation you gave during the HSPI 2021 conference, Healthcare Systems Process Improvement, for those who don't know, you discussed the changing value of grades versus effort as one passes through the academic stages of life, elementary school, high school, college. Mm -hmm. For our audience, elaborate on that concept and describe how it evolves over time. Yeah, certainly. So when you think back way to when we were in grade school, you know, in order to be successful, you know, not really in elementary school, but as you got older and older, it was all about having the highest GPA possible, especially in high school. And often your GPA is a major factor when in, whether you get into the school you want, of course, plus the ACT, SAT scores. So you either succeed or you don't. You're either smart or you're not. And, and a lot of people have that, that mindset. And it's all about the outcome, not really about much how, how much effort you put in. Some kids... And I, I was one of them in, in elementary school and high school, really breezed by, not really studying a lot, not really putting forth the effort, still get a good, good GPA. And, and the problem is they haven't known failure. They really never experienced that. So they don't know how to cope when it comes along. Uh, so when they reach college, you know, they, they start grading with a curve in college. And I'm sure everyone has heard the, the term or phrase, you know, C's equal degrees, right? It's really just about getting through. Um, and it's, it's really true. Some of the kids who did well in the grade school standard really struggle in college because it's harder. And they re- really never learned how to put forth the effort. It is no longer a breeze. Uh, it happened to me uh, at one point. And what happens to a percentage of college students, especially if it's their first taste of failure, is sometimes they quit because they don't know how to put forth the right effort to get the outcome that they want. And and they honestly, they see having to try hard as a failure, right? Because I just don't know it. I should know this, right? Um, So mindset is huge in college because so many situations are new. The fixed mindset would ask questions such as, you know, maybe I'm just not smart enough. Um, 
uh, are indeed fixed because it assumes smartness is a quality you either have or you don't. You're incapable of learning and getting better. In college, the growth mindset, however, when faced with a failed college exam, says, what could I have done differently to prepare for this exam? When I succeeded at other tests, did I study more? Did I work in groups more? How do, how do I best learn and retain this information? So it looks at every failure along the way as what did I do that resulted in that? And what could I do um, that's better? Fixed mindset kind of tends to play the martyr a little bit more. We, <laughs> we've all been those people. We know those people, right? Absolutely. Uh, everything happens to them in life. They had nothing to do with it, right? <laughs> but, you know, when you graduate and you reach the workforce, a fixed mindset is going to try and lay low, avoid failures, and often ask questions such as, you know, I had book smarts in college, but do I have street smarts? As if street smarts are something you just have or you don't, Right. Like, oh, you, we've, oh, well, they're book smart, but they, you know, they don't have those street smarts. That's, that's something you can definitely obtain and learn. Um, you know, and when you get a job, no one cares what your GPA was. But what they do want is they want you to contribute, work well with others, and really grow in the role. So the growth mindset would assume you can always get better at anything if you put forth the right concentrated effort. You made a reference to test scores back in high school, and I, I immediately thought of uh, the fact that I took the SAT more times than I needed to. The last two times I took it, that'll give you an idea mm-hmm. how many times I actually took it. The last two times I took it, I had the exact same score with a 30-point interchange between the <laughs> verbal portion and the math portion. So I, because I had a fixed mindset. I was all about the result. I wanted to Mm -hmm. achieve a certain score. I was hoping that by taking it one more time, I would get there. Didn't happen. And did you do any kind of, did you do any kind of prep course in between? I did not. And that was probably where, (laughs) (laughs) that was probably where things went awry. What's Uh, the definition of insanity? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the case. Well, and, but again, I think, we, you know, in talking about the development of mindset and, and, and certainly it's not just our straight academic path. It's also our culture. The culture at the time focused so much on scores. Again, to your point, focused mm-hmm. on results. And I think we pay more attention now to the effort. Now, whether or not the culture is really shifted, uh, I'm not mm-hmm. sure it has shifted enough to look more at effort and, and input as opposed to the the results and the output. So right. it, it's 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 changed and evolved in some ways, but I still think it, it's we're largely stuck in that. And I and I, I certainly think that even in our work mm-hmm. now, uh, depending on what sort of profession you're in, you're still looking at results. How do we shake that off? What 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 is it in our careers, especially in the uh, early years, uh, that allows us to finally, if we haven't broken from the fixed mindset? Uh, uh, all that time, how are we shaking it off now and developing a growth mindset mid-career? You know, we often think about mindset at work, right? Or or in school, because those are the places where we apply ourselves most and we in some way get graded, right? You get, you know, yearly annual review scores on how you're doing, right? So you still get graded. But I think the toughest part of mindset is when you try and apply it to your whole life. And what I mean by that is, I'm a parent. I have a six-year-old. I have a six-year-old daughter. um, And she comes home and she's doing really well in kindergarten. She's in kindergarten. 
she comes home and she's passed another sight word test, right? It's up to me in that moment how I instill a mindset in her. And mindset, you know, comes from when you're a kid, how people responded to things that you did, right? That whether or not you you want it to, it gets instilled in your mind. So at that point, when when she comes back and she's done, you know, a great job on the sight word test, um, one thing I could say would be, wow, that's awesome. You are so smart, as if smartness is a quality she has or doesn't. But if I instead say, wow, you did such a good job. You tried so hard getting ready for that test. That is awesome. I'm so proud of how hard you tried. I praise the effort, not the outcome. It completely changes uh, the praise and it changes what I'm proud of her for. So, you know, if you can apply that to your personal life like that in that situation, you can take it, you know, beyond into your work life too. So you got to look at all those situations in your life when you're either praising people or responding to things that are happening and really try and move more towards growth. No one's always going to be all growth mindset, but in each situation, you can think about, well, how do I respond in this situation and what kind of mindset am I having? And, And when you really start to think about it, there's so many aspects of your life where you probably still have a fixed mindset. My natural instinct was tell her that she's so smart. But that wouldn't have taught her anything, right? So I don't think I answered your question at all. (laughs) Well, I gave it more pointed direction, which I think is actually applying what you said to your daughter, but Mm -hmm. to yourself. Because in your job, more often than not, isn't the outcome what your managers are waiting on? Mm-hmm. Is it, isn't that how you're evaluated? And, 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 and can you tell yourself, well, the effort, I put forth a great effort. I tried mm-hmm. this. Maybe you pick up a lesson, you know, between the effort and the outcome. Exactly. It's real easy. And people will always rate themselves high on mindset. Cause I did a quiz, I guess on people's mindset at the beginning of that presentation. And people always rate themselves as having a real growth oriented mindset. Mm -hmm. But then when you ask them about their kid or you ask them about like an employee at work, somebody else, when you start asking about other people like, Oh no, well, they can't get any better. That's just how they are. It's like, okay, well you think differently about them than you do about yourself. So, you know, mindset has really helped me go beyond just, thinking about myself and the way I'm reacting to how I'm reacting to things others are doing and how I could help improve others and instill that growth mindset in others, not by sitting down and explaining what growth mindset is versus fixed mindset. Sure. But, but by, by through the way I react to different situations and the questions I ask at the time. Obviously we're, Still in a pandemic, something I feel yeah, I have to still, remind still <laughs> something I feel I have to remind people uh, every now and again, uh, mm-hmm. but we're still in a pandemic. What impact has this experience had on mindset? It's clearly been a life altering time. So I would guess that many people have been forced to shake off routine and discover their adaptability to new circumstances, which to me translates as moving from fixed to growth. Yeah, this is a really interesting question. David, I think we all had a fixed mindset when this thing first started, right? I know I did for sure. It was the fear of the unknown and, you know, thinking it would never get better. 
that, that drove a lot of our decisions and thoughts early on. Certainly. But we all found ways to adapt to our new situation, even if it wasn't optimal. We really didn't wallow in the new normal. Some did. Uh, and those that remain in that fixed mindset have had a much harder time finding ways to cope because it doesn't meet their expectations that they previously had for what life should be, right? I think we all had to find our growth mindset just to get up each day and keep going despite the challenges, the new challenges we were facing. It's like it forced us to have a growth mindset because before we would have had choice and choice was taken away in the way things were happening. You know, you still had some choices, but not a lot, right? Sure. So it was like, all right, well, how do I, you know, improve in this mindset? Now, still, there are people that life is happening to them. It's happening to all of us, right? But there are people that, you know, life is just happening to them and they don't have any control and, and, and they, they fixate on the negative aspects of what's happening. I like to fi- fixate on the positive things that have come out of this. More family time, more, um, you know, family walks. Uh, just getting to try new things, planting a garden for the first time uh, that that we did, you know, thriving in the face of adversity, finding a way to enjoy life still, even though it's different. Um, that's really digging into your growth mindset. Not everyone reacted in a positive way. I know I, no one did at first, right? No, over sorry. time, <laughs> you know, like I would say around, you know, May of last year, about a year ago, is when we really, okay, you know, this is going to be around for a while. So how do we adapt? Um, not just like, oh my gosh, the world's ending because it's not, but how do we change the way we're doing things and how do we adapt and, and how can we keep getting better in this space and really take advantage of the situation rather than wallow in it? Wasn't there a drive from the information we had at the time as well? I mean, the information mm-hmm. we were given, which granted, was still being investigated and still being Mm -hmm. vetted to whatever degree had us left in a fixed mindset. I would think, um, from a, from a group perspective, it did. Whereas to your point beyond May of 2020, when we started to realize, well, this, this problem is going to exist for an unknown amount of time, but it's definitely here. Uh, Mm -hmm. we had to start to adapt. We adjusted to remote work. We, uh, certainly like you were talking about with choices had to limit, what we did, uh, mm-hmm. what, what, what we could do at home or what we could do outside of the home or, right. or outside of the office. If we, you know, had, had to actually go into work to what you describe, it's a very, I'm still going to go with bizarre. It's just, it's just been a bizarre time. And, and really I think, has. I think mindset definitely played a role in how people yeah. handled it and continuing to handle it very much. So, yeah. Yeah. And then I think too, like, you know, fixed mindset will sit there and look at everything going on in the world and kind of get caught up in that um, and, and get caught up in being told how they should react or what they should do mm-hmm. uh, versus, you know, in the situation, if you're approaching with a growth mindset, you are only in control of your space around you, right? The people you interact with, the choices you specifically make, the decisions you make. And, you know, there are a lot of things that that happen over time, you know, with family and making decisions not to see family that were really tough. Like those were really hard yeah, all along, really hard. But I have not ever talked to my brother. He lives, you know, halfway across the country in Nebraska. I have never talked to him on the phone as much as I have since the pandemic started Yeah, because we video chat all the time. Now we got one of those portal things on the TV so we can, he can be on the TV. I mean, 
it changed life, but in that way for the better, like much better. Yeah. So we have can found ways to connect with people further away from us and make our world, you know, a little bit, feel a little bit smaller, right. Where we can, you know, interact with more people uh, on a regular basis. So there has been a huge positive impact, you know, not to mention in healthcare, a big positive impact there as well with, with that ability to remotely connect with people. And certainly recognizing the value of human Mm -hmm. connection, because Mm -hmm. when it's taken away from you, you're so right. Yeah. Moving on from the pandemic, because it's a little Mm -hmm. bit depressing, nonetheless, (laughs) if you (laughs) at least have a growth mindset in your work environment, how do you contend with conflicts brought about by coworkers or managers who appear to operate with a fixed mindset? Because I think that's probably a common trait that Mm -hmm. people see in their managers, but also in people they work with day to day. And certainly as you develop work routines and maybe every day feels the same and it's hard to hard to break out of the notion that it can be different. You know, you can only control your mindset. However, you can ask questions differently of your coworkers if they are obviously stuck in a fixed failure avoiding mode. For instance, if you're a manager and your boss is saying this person or that person just doesn't seem to be able to improve, you can react to that with a growth mindset by saying, you know, I'm not sure we've tried everything we can to help them get better and grow. Or if you have an employee who's embarrassed or hides a failure that occurred, uh, which can happen, a growth mindset can take over the conversation completely. My favorite question to ask of an employee in a one-on-one situation when they've messed up is, you know, we all make mistakes, but what did you learn from it? What was your lesson learned? Because it's really important. What could you do differently the next time? Equally, when I give praise for a job or task well done, I will similarly follow up with, wow, you you really did a great job there. What did you do specifically that resulted in such a good outcome for you and the team? It has done wonders to my one-on-ones with my team, and it really gets them to think through what they did that resulted in success so that they can do similar things the next time. Too often before I I kind of approached approached it this way, I would just say, wow, you did such a great job. That's awesome. And it would end there. But following up with this really gets them to think through how they did it and how they could do that kind of thing to get success the next time. So I really try to praise, as I said earlier, the effort, not the outcome. We were talking earlier about the focus culturally on results versus the effort, uh, as if there's no reward in the effort, but we have to find it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. From a career or professional development view, what do industrial engineers and systems engineers gain from the effort regardless of the results? Yeah, so we have to learn to enjoy the effort, enjoy the struggle. Enjoy the feeling of getting better, learning, and then applying what we have learned to make our lives and the lives of those around us better. With every effort we put in, every project we complete, we gain experience and we learn what either to do or not to do the next time. We as a society have come to hide and avoid failure, but we all have to realize that failure is progress because you figured out something that didn't work. So it's really a process of elimination. It's kind of like uh, Edison with the light bulbs. You know, he didn't fail so many times. He figured out all these things that didn't work. 
The key with this, however, is that a fixed mindset will tell you to avoid trying new things after a failure, where a growth mindset will uh, allow you to grow and learn from a failed experience, project, or whatever it is. We preach continuous improvement to those we work with, so we have to be willing to apply that same mindset to ourselves and happily and productively fail forward. I think a little bit about imposter syndrome in terms of what we tell ourselves we know to be true or what we're capable of doing. And then it turns out maybe we're not the best at that after all. And mm-hmm. and there is, I think, a lot of ego that comes into play uh, mm-hmm. when you're a professional in any industry and you're trying to certainly get across to your managers uh, that you can excel at a certain task or uh, complete a certain project under budget and deadline and all these things. You have all these skills to do that in your brain, but you're sort of showcasing a little bit because this is your time to shine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when it turns out you're deeper into that project or deeper into that task, the fear creeps back in. Mm-hmm. I feel like some people would think, oh, they're going to see right through this. They're going to see that maybe I can't do this the way that I've sold myself as. So mm-hmm. What's the best solution for overcoming what we know as imposter syndrome? Everything you described about imposter syndrome is a fixed mindset, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not as good as I've said I am. I'm not going to be able to do this. I had that kind of mindset when I first started uh, at my, my, my career um, when I worked in a hospital. Um, I got into it and I thought I should know what I was supposed to be doing, but I didn't. And at the time I'm like, Oh my gosh, I, am I going to be good at this? Like, did I, you know, did I pick the wrong career? But what got me through it was recognizing that I didn't have to have all the answers Mm -hmm. and by no way at that point coming out of college or at any point in your career, you expected to be an expert in everything. So finding those people around you that you can rely on and talk to and ask questions of, you know, whether it's peers or mentors or whatever it is, or just your dad, whatever, like talk (laughs) to somebody and talk through the situation. Cause just honestly talking to people about it often makes when you have to describe the situation makes you think differently about it than if it's just running around in your head. Right. So I would say talking to other people about the situation, a lot of times the fixed mindset will keep that to themselves. Like, Oh my God, I can't tell anybody. Right. Cause you, like they might find out right. That, that I don't know what I'm doing, Yeah, but talking to people will help you realize you really do know what you're doing. There's just some things you don't know. Sure. And once you get past those things and learn more about those specific things and, and don't kind of paint this broad stroke of, Oh, I don't know anything about all this stuff. Right. Versus what are what are the specific things that I need more information on? You know, and if you make it more specific and then clearly define what are the next things I can do, the very next things I need to do to get me past this, then you're starting to move forward. Right. A lot of people get stuck in that. Um, I just don't know what to do in this situation. But if you can define the next couple of steps you take, you know, continue to grow, continue to learn, find out the areas you need to learn and and be open to admitting that you need, you have some, some opportunity to, to learn and get better. That's the most important thing. 
I'll admit the admission part is my uh, most challenging. <laughs> I think I think as it's, it is it, for everyone. Well, and I, th- <laughs> and I think a lot of it is is the the confession of of ego. It's it's really to mm-hmm. say that even though in the beginning of your career you are correct, you shouldn't be the person mm-hmm. or really ever be the person that has all the answers. But to open yourself up to the notion of I need help. I need to seek someone who has more expertise than I do. Mm-hmm. And, and to That's do that mindset, I need help. Exactly. Being able to admit that to yourself and others. Exactly. It's a growth mindset thing. Very much so. Wish I knew that a little earlier, but that's okay. Uh, (laughs) Hey, hey, me too. (laughs) That's okay. You made the point during your presentation at HSPI 2021 that some people are perceived to be quote unquote naturals when it comes to certain tasks or abilities. When someone is struggling to maintain a growth mindset, how do they combat feelings of envy or self-doubt when coming across another they believe to be a natural? Yeah, one aspect of growth mindset is that you are really only competing against yourself, trying to be a better version of yourself. There are things you're good at, and that person is not good at those things, guaranteed. We each have different natural skill sets, um, different things that we are naturally good at, but we can all improve those. And the effort of trying to improve is, to me, way more rewarding than just being naturally good at something. Talent is helpful, yes. But under undeveloped talent pales in comparison to grit and determination to continually get better. You know, that being said, of course, you're going to compare yourselves to others. We all do. It's impossible not to. But try to check yourself um, and, and think about it from a growth mindset. Self-awareness is really the key to mindset improvement. I'll admit that I had a very big problem early on in my career dealing with people who I thought were naturals because I thought of myself as a natural. The young ego that's developed when you're in college, uh, particularly in a case like mine where I was uh, the editor of the student newspaper, I was someone who is revered by faculty and and the mass comm department. <laughs> I was someone who is mm-hmm. in a a position of uh, praise and achievement, uh, and I worked for it. I mean, there's no question uh, that I didn't, um, but that all goes away. After graduation, more or less, you got the Mm -hmm. memories. That's all fine and good. Uh, Mm -hmm. But you're starting your career. You're not top dog anymore. You're at the bottom of the totem pole (laughs) and you and you now have to work your way back up if that's where you want to go. Some people settle for only going so far and that and and that's fine, whatever your choice. But um, you're definitely not top dog anymore. And what I found at the start of my journalism career was that. It dragged me into a fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. It, it was one where I was so comfortable because what I was doing was leading to recognition. Often, I didn't realize how less often <laughs> that was going mm-hmm. to happen uh, once I was uh, off campus. Having said all that, and since we are entering graduation season as we record this podcast, what's your recommendation for those graduates who are about to enter new routines and are starting again from the bottom of the totem pole? Yeah, this is uh, this is a really fun question. It's not just when you graduate from high school when you graduate from college, you know, those transitions where you start something new and you kind of have to start over, right? 
Mm-hmm. Well, what you're starting over is you're starting over your relationships. And like you said, the recognition that you have received in the past, that, that all goes away, right? So you get there, you get to your first new job. People don't really know you that well. You really don't know people that well. And you're trying to prove yourself. Um, and it can be real easy, like you said, in that, in that fixed mindset to just close up and, and, not f- and, and get frustrated and, and not feel like you're good enough. Like you may not make it. That imposter syndrome you mentioned earlier, right? And yeah. That, that is real easy to happen. That can happen later in life if you transition careers from one to another or even from one company to another. That's going to happen, right? There's going to be that new and that uncertainty. You know, but the thing, the advice I would give to new graduates as they're entering the workforce is, first of all, never, ever stop learning. Even though you're not in college and it's not your job to learn, it is still your job to learn. And and it's not all going to come from work. So you need to make sure you expand your, your, your horizons of where you can learn. Podcasts, you know, this one, other ones. You can learn from those. You can learn and apply that stuff to your life. It's be okay with admitting that you don't know it all because you don't. And honesty and admitting that you don't know it all will often help build relationships with your peers and managers. If, If you come to rely on them for things, you have a relationship now. Like, oh, this is the guy to go to for this kind of information or she really knows this. Now you're building relationships, right? Those relationships are so key in how you are going to continue because in your, in your job, whatever you do, you're never on your own. You always have to rely and learn from those around you. Uh, be open to trying new things. And every time you fail, which is going to be a lot in the beginning, learn from it. And if you're not failing often, you're not trying new things enough. You're not challenging yourself enough. Um, one thing that really helped me over the years was keeping a journal. Uh, I recorded my thoughts of the day, what happened, what I was excited about, anxious about, et cetera. Uh, It really helped me to write down my thoughts and read them back to understand how I was thinking through my day-to-day life. I really wish I would have started that earlier in my career. It might have helped me become more growth mindset oriented sooner, oriented sooner, um, if I would have taken the time to record my thoughts and reflect on them. I think lastly, I would recommend find a strong set of mentors and peers to ask questions of when you're stuck. I, I have my own personal board of directors that I call on when I need advice or I just need to think about a project or situation from a different perspective. You have to build this over time, uh, but it can be super helpful when trying to navigate a new work landscape, uh, whether it's your first career or your second or whatever. Um, seeking others' perspectives rather than just thinking you have to have all the answers is a total growth mindset activity. So you should really try it. Let me follow that up real quick by mm-hmm. asking what your criteria is for your own personal board of directors. And in and, and thinking about it in terms mm-hmm. of who has the growth mindset mm-hmm. and do any of them have a fixed mindset? And if you do have both, how does that blend work for you in terms of them doling advice or giving you guidance? So my board of directors is ever changing depending on, you know, the stage of a career I'm in and people that were originally a part of it definitely had a fixed mindset, but I have over time, you know, looking back, not, I didn't think this at the time, but looking back, but I've definitely over time 
tried to surround myself and rely on those that that have that type of mindset. Now, if you do have someone that you really you th- you like their advice, you know, j- just because someone's you know usually in a fixed mindset doesn't mean they don't have good advice. So I would say use them to <laughs> you know one thing you could do is uh, if you're let's say you're dealing with your your boss at work and and he or she has a total fixed mindset all the time, right? Well, if you ask the same question, you know, to your your board of direct your director from your board that has the fixed mindset that you would them, you could see how they might react, right? So you could prepare yourself for it. But I I would say, you know, try and establish this group of mentors, you know, some some more peers at the time when I started it and I've continually done that over time. It's um it's just people you would call on for advice, like that you have a strong enough relationship with that you could call and describe a situation or what you're facing or a decision you're trying to make and, and get the, their advice. Or maybe you have an idea and you don't know what to do with it and, and you want to develop it a little bit more. That's a great thing to use this board of directors for so that you can reach out to them and say, hey, here's what I'm thinking. And by doing that, by the repetition of you describing to multiple people what you're thinking about, your description of it and your argument for it becomes stronger and stronger and stronger because you're getting different perspectives. You don't want all people with the same exact perspective because that's not going to be helpful to you, right? This is about getting that varied perspective. You don't want people just like you. That's not the point either. You know, I would say that even at this point, my wife is on my my personal board of directors for certain situations that have to do with work. And she gives great advice and has a completely different perspective on things than I do sometimes. So. I'll tack on the advice I've given out over the last few years, which is always find the smarter and funnier people in the room. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Those are the folks you want to have giving you advice and and certainly uh, offering suggestions on on how how to handle situations. Because at the very least, yes, you just said the smarter people in the room as if that is a a um, quality that they have. (laughs) You mean mean the ones that have tried real hard to get to where they are and and typically have sage advice. Yes. See, look at that. (laughs) The topic was mindset. Clearly, (laughs) mine needs a little more growing. The guest was Aaron Connie. Aaron, we greatly appreciate you taking the time to talk with us about this topic. All right. Thanks, David. Thanks for listening to this episode of Problem Solved, the IISE podcast, a production of the Institute of Industrial and Systems Engineers in Metro Atlanta. This podcast is produced by David Brandt, Keith Albertson, and Michael Hughes, and edited by David Brandt. You can listen to all episodes of Problem Solved and learn about sponsorship opportunities by visiting our website, podcast.iise.org. You can also learn more about IISE at the Institute's website, www.iise.org. 